or with him into the city of David, but David took it aside into the house of Obed-Edom, Obed-Edom the Gittite. So that's what he did. thought, man, I can't do this. I just can't do it, Lord. I mean, dang on. He was mad, and then he got scared, and, you know, got disappointed, crushed, expectations not met, God didn't move the way I thought he was, did all this stuff. Isn't that way we are? Every one of us in this room that really are going after God, we wanted you to move. We thought this was going to happen. It didn't happen. So let's just leak this thing and just go do our stuff. Go do church without God. Maybe just get a little enough of him. He'll be here and we'll be okay. And that's what most people do. Most people do like David. We didn't do it right the first time, second time, third time, fourth time, fifth time, 25th time, 35th time, 98th time. I've been doing it 98 times now, Lord. Is there going to be one time when I hit the, hit the jackpot? You know what I'm saying? Are you with me? And I think this is where we all fail. We don't do it right. People do get hurt. Things don't work out. Right? Is that reality or not? Let's get real here. Let's just get flat, stinking real. It don't work. People get hurt. People get messed up. People do get bitter. Start saying a bunch of stuff they shouldn't say. But you see, uh, everybody stops. We already did that and it didn't work. We we tried that and it didn't work. Yeah, you know, y'all just trying to do something you've always done. We've already done that. Just all this old sorry stuff that you hear that's not even right. But see, that was the thing about David. It didn't stop him. He got back there, was upset, scared, started thinking about it. I think, man, you know, a couple of days went by, maybe a week or two, heard about the Lord blessing him down there, obed Edom. I think, man, I can't do this, Lord. I'm not going to do this. I'm going to find out how to get you. I'm going to find out how to get you. I'm going to find out. I don't care if I'm man mad. I don't care if I've been... I don't care. You killed Uzzah, man. What am I going to tell him? Can you imagine him having to go and explain to Uzzah's family, well, you know, we were trying to do what we thought God wanted us to do, and I'm God... I'm sorry, but God killed your daddy, little boy. He killed him. You know, can you imagine? Can you imagine trying to explain to everybody, well, we went down there and we failed, but we're going to do it again. Can you imagine everybody jumping at the chance to go do it again? Most people would have been running hard the other way. I ain't doing that. And the Lord will kill you if you try to do that. You hear what I'm saying to you? These were realities in David's life. Of course, I'm embellishing it and adding things in. and you know, But I guarantee you, he had to explain to people. He had to explain to those people, we're going to get God. And they're going to want to know, well, what's going to keep God from killing me? How do I know God's not going to get mad again? Kill me. I got kids to feed. You know, I got a wife. She's pregnant. You want me to go down there and mess around with this stuff? Well, yeah. I really do. Because I found out how you do it. I went and studied and researched, got together with a bunch of theologians, got these Bible scholars and said, there's got to be a way of getting God here. There's got to be. Let's find it out and go try that. Heck, if, it don't, if that don't work, we'll do something else. That was his heart. Because he was not willing to accept this vain worship without God. He just wasn't willing to accept it. 
Y'all with me? He could not bear having a tabernacle without God being in it. And we bore, we put up with a church without God in it, but David wouldn't. Now, I believe David does bear the genetic code for the church. Okay? Let's read now. Let's move to, go back. Are y'all with me? Acts 15, verse 16, and verse 17. This is the part when they're talking about the tabernacle of David. Everybody knows about that. It says, and this is the word of the prophets. This, and with this, the words of the prophets agree, just as written. After this, I will return, and I will. I will. Everybody say, I will. Well, it doesn't say I will. And will build. Will rebuild. Let me get this thing right. Everybody say, will rebuild. The tabernacle of David, which has fallen down, I will rebuild its ruins, and I will set it up. That's a prophecy from God. That's God talking to the church. I'm going to build this thing. I'm going to build this tabernacle of David. I'm going to set it up in the earth with or without you. You want to be in on it? Get in on it. But he's going to do it. So that the, and there's a reason. So that the rest of mankind may seek the Lord, even all the Gentiles who are called by my name. Says the Lord who does all these things. The Lord's going to rebuild that tabernacle of David. And it's not just 24-hour worship. It's not just 24-hour prayer. That's a part of it. That's not the heart of it, though. I think the heart of it is the presence, because we know that the tabernacle of David was the most simple and the most profound, glorious tabernacle on the earth. Because what David did, he didn't haul the ark back over to Moses' tabernacle. He took it to his backyard, slapped the tarp over the top of it, Hired a thousand people to get out there and praise the Lord every day and every night. That's what he did. He hired them. Y'all get out there and just start praising the Lord. Have three shifts. Have, you know, three, they had three people. Shift, you know, the morning shift, the afternoon shift, and the night shift. Had all these people. They'd just rotate them in and rotate them out, and they would just worship the Lord. And anybody on the earth who wanted to could go and walk right up to that thing and see God. Anybody. And that went on for 33 years. One, one year for every year that Jesus walked on this earth. It was a prophetic picture. And the Lord saying, I'm going to rebuild this thing. I'm going to raise this thing up. That's what I want to do. Is, is so everybody can come to me. Everybody can know me. And of course we see it totally fulfilled in Christ. But we haven't seen it totally walked out in the earth. That's what the church is supposed to be doing. You got that? It was a tent pitch, blah, blah, blah. Yep, I already said that. And it, this is cool. It is the only tabernacle in the Bible that God promised to rebuild. And there's some other ones. Yeah, I ain't, he's not going to rebuild Moses' tabernacle. He's through with that. That's over. It's done away with. It's now it's David's tabernacle. It's where any of us can go and be and experience the very holy of holies. Where the Moses deal, only the big guy could do it. And that's over with says the Lord. And the question is, God wants to know, do you want to be a part of something like that? That's what he's asking us. He's saying, will you be a part of that? Are y'all with me? Yes. All right. And we're gonna, let me finish here. I don't have the whole deal. A glimpse into what it may look like. All right, let's leave it, read Acts 13, 1 through 4. Is everybody okay? Can you hang in there just a couple more minutes? Now, this is, this is great. This is great. This is the Lord. 
The Lord's trying to talk to us this morning. He really is. Let him who has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. This is what I've decided I'm going to do. This is what I said. You know, this is what I'm going to do, Lord. I done, you know, I done touched your heart. The Lord, that's why I'm saying this. It ain't just because I read it in the Bible. God let me touch his heart. And I realized, man, this is, this is the thing I want to do. And I sort of asked him, show me what to do. Show me what this is all about. And he led me to this. He led me to, David was a man after my heart. You need to become a man after my heart that pursues my heart, pursues what's on my heart. And if Israel's on my heart, it needs to be on your heart. Whatever's on your heart that's keeping those things, let them fall off. You know, if bitterness is there, get rid of it. That's what God's trying to do. I told you a month ago, God wants to heal people. Bitterness needs to be healed. But let me give you this right quick. Let me read this first. Take this. You can read it in your uh, bulletin. This is a quote by Martin Luther King, Jr. That was his last speech before he was killed the very next day. On April the 3rd, 1968. And if you don't like black people this morning, uh, take it up with Marlon. Marlon, raise your hand. <laughs> He's a big boy. He says, this is what Martin Luther, this is in the middle of his speech. I don't know what will happen now. We've got some difficult days ahead. But it doesn't really matter with, with me now because I've been to the mountaintop. And I don't mind. Like anybody, I would like to live a long life. Longevity has its place. But I'm not concerned about that now. I just want to do God's will. That's Martin Luther King, man. And he's allowed me to go up to the mountain, and I've seen the promised land. I may not get there with you. But I want you to know tonight that we as a people will get to the promised land. And I'm happy tonight. I'm not worried about a thing. I'm not fearing any man. Mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. It's powerful, isn't it? Especially the man was killed the next day. That was his last speech. That's one of the last things he had to say to the blacks and to the whites and to the church, to the world. I mean, you can argue about his theology, you know, blah, 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 but, you know, we can do some arguing about David's theology. See, the thing about David, he wasn't no better than Saul. He really wasn't a hench, but he was, a, he was an adulterer. He had adultery. He had sexual fantasies. He killed a guy. Had a guy killed a contract put out on a guy. Saul didn't do any of that. He just, but David had that one thing, is he had a passion for God and what God wanted. And God worked his old character stuff out along the way. He fixed him. Anyways, I'm not... <clears throat> I want to read this, Acts 13. Now in the church that was at Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manian, who had been brought up in the hair of the Tetrarch, and Saul. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Lord said, Now separate to me. Barnabas and Saul, for the work I have called them. And then, having fasted and prayed and laid hands on them, they sent them away. So being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went down to Seleucia and from there sailed to Cyprus. Well, I think this is one cool thing right here in the Bible. For it is like you can really get a glimpse. Somebody was saying, what's an apostolic church look like? This is like four verses that has a glimpse into what a real apostolic church would be and what a real church, the way God would design it. And there's other glimpses in the Bible okay, about churches, but this one's concise, is number one, and this is what I'm seeing that God wants to do, prophets and teachers. 
the church has been designed around teaching, which is a good thing. You know, we need teaching. But I'm telling you, the prophetic is an absolute must for our church. It's an absolute must for the church now because the Bible clearly states in the last days God will pour out His Spirit in a very prophetic way. And you can deny the prophetic all day long, but you can't deny what the Bible says. And we have got to have the prophetic. Prophetic and teaching. You can't do away with either. And the church has been sort of one-sided on that for a long time. But God is going to raise up a prophetic voice in the earth. Not just a teaching voice. But you need both. Because they had both. Are you with me? That's something that I think is important. This is practical. It was a diverse church. Not my five and no more. Let me hold it up over here. Mine. And, you know, because they had Africans. We got an African. We got a Jew. We got Gentiles. We've even got some Pharisees. These are religious people. Okay? There was even a Levite. There's even cultured people there. You know, you know, rich people who raised up. It says it right there. That's, you go study the names. Go... So they had this diverse thing. It ain't just everybody looks the same, everybody acts the same, all that stupid stuff. Everybody dresses the same. Who wants that? Dang on, man. Don't be bored. It's diverse. God's looking for diversity. Everybody don't have to believe everything the same way. You know, there's just certain things you need to believe like the blood. All right, little ministry to the Lord as they minister to the Lord and fasted. And the Lord ministering to us. See, and then the Lord spoke. The church really has to have a place where it can really minister to the Lord. In worship and prayers and fact. And we'll just, you see what I'm saying? That has to be a part of the church. And it can't be something, well, we've got 18 minutes to worship the Lord. You know? And when we do those 18 minutes hits, even if God is walking down the aisle, hey, you've got to stop, go back, God, go out to the car and wait until we're ready for you. We can't do that. You've got to give a chance because the Lord wants to. And then if the Lord says in worship, well, I'm more interested in ministering to people this morning. Y'all just got to go in here and I'm going to do something. We wanted to worship. You know, we didn't want them people healed. But God did. God wanted to talk to them. And we've got to give place to God to move. You know, it's not a program. Forget the program. All right, ministry to the Lord and the Lord ministering to us. I like it when the Lord ministers to us, myself. But he doesn't just go and let's just have this wonderful time and lay around and flop around and laugh and, you know, all that's good, get drunk on, you know, on the Lord. And, but the Lord called us to do the work of his kingdom. That's what they were doing. So they sent them out. You know, to be, you know, the first missionaries really officially sent out by the church. And, you know, so God's not only called us to enjoy His presence, to be touched by His presence, to be blessed by His presence, to lives changed by His presence. He's also called us to do the work of the kingdom of God. They call it the Great Commission. And we really need to see that the Lord's called us to do those things in whatever way it is. I mean, it's really a part of what God wants to do. Are y'all with me? Yeah, well, somebody say amen on doing the work of the kingdom. We should be excited about that. All right, the fifth thing. Okay. Authority of God. It says, so being sent out by the Holy Spirit. Verse 4. Okay. And it says, they sent them away. In verse 3. Okay. It's the authority of God and the authority of God invested in man. You got that? 
That's what God wants to do. There's a leadership with spiritual authority that God wants to release in the earth. It's God using men to serve His purposes. You got that? Now, that is, will not be eliminated until Jesus Himself comes back. Let me read verse 38. And let's see what it says about David. For David, after he had served his own generation by the will of God. Okay? David served the purposes of God. And um, this is what the Lord told me. Byron, you've got to go beyond just what in my presence. Because that's, you know, somebody would have asked me um, two months ago, what's the most important thing to you in the church? Well, the presence of God. That's the most important thing to me. I don't know if that was really true because I wasn't sure doing what I need to be doing. You know, I really don't mean there was something of it true in me. It was down in me, okay? But I wasn't really real concerned about what was on God's heart. I, mean, I thought I was, but I discovered I'm not. When I touched his heart, I found out his heart was different. And that's what needs to happen to you. Because you may sit there and think like I thought. Well, I, I wanted the presence of God. I, no, I really didn't, not compared to what I want it now. Maybe, you know, everybody needs to have an experience with the Lord. But, um, so I, he said, you've got to go beyond just wanting my presence to serving my presence. And I thought, what in the world does that mean? What, and it just says that you serve, you know, what, God don't want just his presence to, to come and it just pours out on the floor and it really doesn't. You understand what I'm saying? There's something greater than just having an experience with his presence. There's something greater than our church just having God in it. It's having God in it and God taking that thing that's in us and really affecting our lives and affecting everything around us. And he wants to teach leaders. If you're a leader today, you're in trouble. I'm telling you, you are. You are in big trouble with the Lord. Now, that's the truth. And I'm here to tell you that you're in trouble if you're a leader and you're not hearing God right now. Because God is saying this to leaders. I will set you out of the way to do what I want to do. I will set you out of the way. I felt like I had came to the point God could have took me and just said, I'm moving you, bud, because i got something I want to do. And God is calling leaders right now. And I think most Christians are leaders. They all should be. So don't be weaseling out just because you don't have no official leadership position anywhere. But if you're a mama, you're a leader. If you're a daddy, you're a leader. If you're the oldest in the family, older brother, older sister, you're a leader. If there's one person in the family younger than you, you're a leader. If you're the youngest, a little child shall lead them, the Bible says. You just can't get out of it. He's got you hooked. But I believe the Lord really is saying this. I want to make it real serious to you. Is that it is time, it is time, it is time, it is time, it is time that we connect in on God's heart. What God is saying, what God is doing. We've got to quit doing it the way we used to do it. We've got to quit. It's not going to work anymore. It's time for it to be over. Let's shut that chapter down. Let's close the book on it. We've closed the book on it. And let's let God do something new and something fresh and take us into this heart of David thing. I don't really understand what it all means. But I understand this. God's looking for a people who will be after his heart. 
And if we want to sit around and piddle paddle around all the stuff we've been piddle paddling around with, y'all can do it, but I'm telling you there's some people who won't do it. They're going to be like David and get brutal about this thing. You know, and jump over the, the chairs and everything else to get to God. And that's what we need right now. We need people like that. And God has been reaching out. I want to heal you. I want to heal you. You got a hard heart. I want to soften your heart. You got bitterness. You know, all this stuff that we've been hearing for weeks, if you, if you can remember it. If you remember what God's been trying to say. And some people sit there like they on statues. Just tore up on the inside. Statues. That ain't God. Well, get over it. What if it is? What do you got to lose? Well, I think I'll jump in there and see if it is. See if he does heal me. See if he does do something. Heck, if he didn't, what have I got to lose? Well, I can just sit down with my arms folded. And I believe God wants to reach out to us. And he's saying, now is the time. And what the question is, will you be the, the people? Remember that. Will we be the people? Will we be the people? Will you? And I believe in my heart, I've tried to say yes to the Lord. You know, of course, the Lord could come slap me down in a heartbeat. best I can do right now, I'm saying, Lord, I've made a decision in my heart. I've decided somehow make me like David, a man after your heart. If that's not in me, please make it in me. And show me how to practically do that. That's what I want to do, Lord. That's, what I, that's where I'm at now, Lord. And I'm asking you to do that work in me. Because it ain't something that Byron Wicker does. It's the Spirit of God. It's the Holy Spirit. Did David, David had the same Holy Spirit. Because he said, when he prayed in Psalm, in Psalm 51, don't take your Holy Spirit from me. He was a man in the Old Testament walking around the Spirit. I don't know how all that worked, but <clears throat> anyways. Are y'all with what I'm saying? So, I've answered a question. Somebody said, where do you want to take this church? I was asked that question. I've told you spiritually and as practical as I can, this is where I want us to go. And that's why I read Acts 13, 1 through 4. That's what I want to start seeing. That's what I'm going to give my energy to. And I'm going to give my energy to find out the issues, the burdens, the cares that are in God's heart. And that's what I want to go after. And if you feel like you don't like that, then that's your problem. That ain't my problem. You got that? And that's not being mean. I'm just saying that's what I want to do. That's what I think I'm supposed to do. Or at least God say, move over, Byron. We're going to do something else because you ain't doing what I want you to do. Amen? So let's just stand and we'll... It's late. Man, it's late. I'm, I'm telling you, it's late. I've been in church a long time this morning. I can just hear them now. Lord knows that preacher kept us a 20 after. 20 till. That preacher kept us a 5 after 12. Can you believe he did that? I've heard people say that. Well... I know you ain't thinking that. They're going to sing a song for those who have the, the gumption to stay up here and worship the Lord. And, you know, Lord, just, we just love you today. And if I've been... She can play it. Anybody who wants to go, I'm talking serious go now. I'm not talking play go. You know, don't tell me... Hey, don't come tell me you want to go, and then I start going, and, you don't, and then you get mad at me or start trying to do something else. I don't want to mess with it. Let the Lord mess with it. Thank you, Jesus. Anybody feel like I've been fussing at them? I wasn't fussing, was I? The only one person in this room can tell that, because that's Becky. Wow. Was I fussing? Oh. She, she is. She, I'll get him later. She does.
I'm really not fussing. I'm so excited about what the Lord wants to do. I can't hardly stand it. I'm excited about the Lord. I'm excited that the Lord would just, even that day, He shared His heart with me. I couldn't believe He would actually share His heart with an idiot like me. It's like, my goodness, why are you doing this? You know, it's just wonderful. And I'll tell you, when God does start revealing His heart to you, it's the most wonderful thing because it is pure love. That's all it is. It's just pure love. And Lord, I'm asking you to do that. Anybody who wants to just raise their hand to the Lord.